Today's podcast is dedicated to my sister Janelle and every single one of you who happen to be a lot like her. Those who panic when you realize it's tomorrow that you're leaving on your trip and you haven't packed and you don't know what to pack and now are scrambling to find everything in your house that you might want to wear on this trip and you're throwing everything into a suitcase and now you're staying up until, oh, say 1 a.m. for a flight that you have to be up at 4 a.m. for. This podcast is for those of you who have to travel, whether it's for work or for pleasure, and find travel to be incredibly uncomfortable, disruptive, and inconvenient. This is your podcast. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. I think I'm pretty qualified to do this podcast because I happen to have overcome a past where I packed and prepared for a trip, much like what I described in the intro. You know, just kind of trying to figure out every possible thing that I might want to possibly wear in any possible scenario on a trip, throwing it into a bag, just trying to keep track in my head of everything I needed to bring and everything that was going to happen. Sometimes I would maybe work off of a list, but I really didn't have a system per se. Because of our lifestyle, especially because recently we've had to do a ton of travel, going back and forth from Washington, D.C. and the East Coast back to California like every single week to either watch one of my son's football games or for work, etc. I've had to, through necessity, figure out how to be a better traveler. And I've been doing this over years and years, getting better at it each time I travel, realizing the things I could do better, the things that were an inconvenience, the things that would make travel more comfortable. So this isn't something that's new. It's something that has been evolving probably over the last five years. And I thought this would be a great way to share with you some of the tips that I have been using and developing that truly make travel much easier. Let's face it, most of us, even if it's for vacation, there's an element of going away from home that's uncomfortable. The reason why we kind of can be stressed out and drained from traveling, even if it is for leisure, is because it's disruptive. Travel disrupts your sleep, especially if you're traveling outside of your time zone, and it's disruptive for your sleep because you're not in your own bed. It is disruptive for your work. I mean, you have a way that you respond to emails and a certain time that you can just sit down and you know you're on Wi-Fi. And that's not always so simple when we're on vacation. It's incredibly disruptive for our nutritional intake, our food and our exercise, which therefore means it is also disruptive to our digestive system. I mean, travel sounds awful, doesn't it? It can also be really inconvenient. Unless you have packed everything that you own, oftentimes you'll end up where you are on vacation or where you are visiting and realize there's something that you needed and you left at home. So if we're dealing with the disruptive, uncomfortable, inconvenient nature of travel, what can we do to make it a little less of all of these things, a little less stressful? We can do a lot. And it all revolves around packing and planning. And today I'm sharing with you my ultimate travel hacks to make that time away from home incredibly productive, much more convenient and less disruptive. Tip number one. Begin with a printed, detailed itinerary of the trip from start to finish. And by that, I mean 4 a.m. wake up, 5 a.m. leave for the airport, 7.30 a.m. board the flight. I mean, like literally you want to schedule everything as detailed as possible and as specific to time 
as possible, of course, leaving in lots of cushion. That's almost tip number two. So if tip number one is to create a printed, detailed itinerary of everything you're doing, and you cannot skip this step, like this all hinges on this very first step. Then tip number two is to make sure that your itinerary includes lots of padding. In other words, you're giving yourself buffer, extra room in the event that things don't go as planned because they never do. That's number one. A lot of people don't do that. They think, okay, I can keep it straight in my head. I arrive on that day. You know, I know that evening we're going to dinner and they just try to keep it straight in their head. And that's where the problem starts. So if you want to do this right, take the time to do step one. If I'm with my husband, Brett is like the ultimate at this. He's so good at even putting in the little buffers of time. But let's just say hypothetically, you're not married to Brett Johnson, or as in my case, when I can't rely on him because he's not going on the trip with me, I will put my detailed itinerary or I'll have my assistant do this two places. Number one, I create it in a memo on my phone. I use an iPhone and I'll create a memo so I can see it all on one page. And by see it, I mean like I can see several days all on one page. And then either I or I will have my assistant go through and add each and every single one of those times to my calendar. Even if it's really simple, like, you know, wake up, exercise, get ready for the day. Like every single thing I will put in my calendar when I'm traveling. That way, especially when I'm outside of my normal routine, it keeps me on track, which is really, really good if you have ADD. It's really, really good if you're easily distracted and well, gosh, I can't think of a reason why it's not a great idea. So begin with a written or typewritten, I should say, detailed itinerary of everything you're doing from start to finish on this trip. Tip number two was to make sure that there's cushion in your schedule. Tip number three is to take a look at this agenda and create what I like to call a cliff note version of each day. In this scenario, what I'm doing is just kind of writing down the events in blocks. For example, I will write down travel, workout, dinner. That's the cliff note version of a day when I'm going to wake up early, I'm going to get ready. The time that I leave for the airport is on my printed itinerary. The time that I board the plane is on that printed itinerary. The time that I get off the plane and travel to the hotel is on that printed itinerary. Then the next activity that I have that day would be to exercise, to get the blood pumping, to feel better and less bloated after the flight. Then there's exercise. And then the next activity, although on my itinerary, I might have go back to my hotel room, shower, get ready, review some emails. But the next quote unquote activity I have to get ready for would be going to dinner. Now, the reason why I create this cliff note version is because I use that to pack. Because each one of those activities, and I think this applies for the guys too, I assume it does, Each one of those activities is typically a different outfit. So it helps me to know, even if it's not a different outfit, what I need. So I'm not going to go to the gym and exercise in what I wore on the flight. And I'm not going to go to dinner by putting on the clothes that I've been wearing all day on a stinky, smelly flight. So when I've done this little cliff note version, which again, I'll do on a memo or in the notes section of my iPhone, then I'm just blocking it according to events. And I categorize events basically by I need to change outfits or I need to be in a different environment. So that's a cliff note version. And that's going to come in so crazy handy when we get to packing. Each event doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be changing clothes. But as long as I have categorized each event 
in my cliff notes, I can quickly look at it and I can say, okay, there's one outfit for the flight or for the travel, a workout outfit for when I arrive, a dinner outfit. And then the fourth thing on my itinerary might be meet so-and-so after dinner for quick meeting. Well, I can see that on my cliff note version and I might say to myself, okay, I can wear the same thing that I wore to dinner, but I can't forget to bring my iPad because I want to do a presentation for them on that iPad. So your cliff notes are for packing purposes and it's going to make packing so much faster. Okay. Now that I have my cliff notes for the events for each day, I can begin making a list. I don't start packing yet. I start to make a list by looking at that event. And I ask myself before going into my closet, see, this is the key. What do I want to wear to that event? The temptation is to walk into your closet and try to figure it out. But that's where things go haywire. Because then you go, well, I could wear this or I could wear this. Maybe I should bring them both just in case I'm not sure. And that's how we end up overpacking. And it's also how we end up wasting tons of time in our closets. So don't do this step in your closet. Do this step at the table, like sit down and go, okay, so I'm going to be on the flight first and then just list. What are you going to wear for pants? What are you going to wear for a shirt? What shoes are you going to wear? And give some thought to the fact that you're going to have to take your shoes off as you go through security, unless you're TSA pre-check. What shoes are easy and fast for you to take off? and put back on and make sure you're wearing socks because the floors in the airports are so gross. And I see people take off their shoes and they have no socks on and then their gross stinky feet are like all over the floors. This is in my mind. Athlete's foot spread like everywhere. And then, oh no, you forgot and you're wearing heels and you have to take those heels off. And so now you're, you can't wear socks with heels. So now you're barefoot and you're putting your feet on top of where all those other people's gross feet were. So plan accordingly. Think about when you're making out this packing list, what you're going to be wearing while you travel that makes it very easy for you to take off your shoes and still have socks on. Or of course, you could bring an extra little pair of socks to put on before you go through the security checkpoint. I just don't like to do that. It's like one extra hassle. People are freaking out when you're trying to get through security, acting like there's a fire. And, you know, Lord forbid, if you bend over to put on a pair of socks, how annoyed the person behind you is going to be. So just give that some thought. Then next you decide, all right, what do I need when I am going to work out on vacation? So you think about, okay, the lightest pair of shoes, and I want to pack one pair of shoes that can go with as many different workout outfits as possible. Now, that might sound crazy, but there are a lot of you out there who shall remain nameless, who have lots of shoes, lots of different workout shoes, and they're all such cute colors, and you like to wear this pink color with these pink tights, and you like to wear these gray ones with the black and gray tights. Just pick one workout shoe that's very neutral and you can wear with all of your workout gear. Then you want to consider, okay, what am I wearing for each outfit? And also consider accessories, ladies, gentlemen too. And the reason why you want to write all of this out, like everything, like what type of bra do you need with this outfit? What is your shoe wear? What's your underwear situation? Do you need a belt? What are the accessories you're going to be wearing? Like write it all out. Give some consideration to, am I going to be wearing a hat? How will I be doing my hair? All of that will make packing so much faster Once we move to that step, step five is to take that list and now add to it everything that's not part of an outfit. This is a list that I keep on Evernote. I keep it on the notes section of my iPhone and you can ask any of my friends, like, you know, probably some of my friends, you can ask any of them. 
if we're going on a vacation, whether they ask for it or not, because I'm such a, you know, know it all, I will text everybody my packing list. (laughs) Don't ask me why. I guess I do that because I want travel to be as convenient for my friends as it is for me. And because, you know, your friends are probably a lot like you, many of the things that are on my list will probably be things that they should have on their list. So just as a courtesy, as a friendly know-it-all friend, I text everybody my packing list, whether we're going snowboarding, a trip for business, a trip for pleasure, or just a quick trip to watch a football game. Some of the things that I put on my list that are not outfit related include, are you ready for this? Oh, and P.S., I've shared all of these lists with you on my blog. All you have to do is go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash travel tips, and that's where I'll post the blog related to this podcast. Remember that shaleenjohnson.com forward slash travel tips, and you can see all of the lists, how I create them, and you can customize them for yourself. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Here's the list. No judgment, people. This is my list. You can make your own. Supplements, hairbrush, rubber bands, bobby pins, safety pins, headband, hairspray, shampoo, deodorant, toothbrush, toothpaste, makeup towels, goggles, don't ask, shower cap, notepad, straightening iron, four earrings, three necklaces, baseball cap, beanie, headphones, laptop, laptop charger, phone charger, portable light, extra phone for music, wireless headphones, portable charger, tripod, travel pillow, food for the plane. And that was it for this last trip. Yep. Everything else on my list is outfit related, but you'll be able to see all of these. I really like to use, and I'm sure Android users, there's something the equivalent for you, but with iPhone users, if you use your notes, there's a function when you check out your notes and you'll see this when you go to my blog, there's a function when you're creating a note that allows you to put a little circle next to each line item And then once you've packed it or it's in your suitcase, you put a little check mark in it, but it doesn't disappear. So then I will check and uncheck things and I can use the same packing list repeatedly, but it will also highlight that little bubble so you can see what you yet haven't packed. And that way you don't have to worry about forgetting to pack something. Tip number six, you would think that it's time to start packing. It's not. We've created a list of all of the events and the outfits you want to pack, etc. We've also created a list of the things that are non-outfit related that you need to pack. But before we start packing, there's one more essential list that you must make. And that is a list of things that must get done before you leave. Things like confirm the dog sitter, cancel Friday's hair appointment, set the timer on the lights, maybe dispose of any perishable foods in the refrigerator, water the plants call the kids school to let them know that they're going to be gone, adjust the thermostat, like just things that will keep you up the night before your trip and try to make this list as early as possible. And then you guys make it once. That's the whole idea behind having a smart life. A smart life is a life where you're figuring out systems, of course, improve upon later, but by figuring out a system that works and then using that system, you're going to make fewer mistakes You have to think less about these things, and that reduces our stress level. Create this list right now if you want. Imagine you're going on a vacation. What would you need to do? Because it's very likely that list won't change much. You might have to add one or two things to it, but create it, save it on your phone, save it on Evernote, save it on Dropbox or Google Docs, and then you always have that system in place. 
Now that I have my list created by outfit and I've added to it, which was step number five, all things that are non-outfit related, it's time to start packing. Tip number seven is to invest in travel bags. Now, I'm not talking about your suitcase. I'm talking about the bags that you pack your clothes in inside of your suitcase. This step is a game changer. It's not a luxury. It is something that is going to make life so much more convenient for you when you travel. It's going to make packing that much easier, and it's going to help you to stay organized once you're in your room. I don't know about you, but I hate walking into my own hotel room and just seeing things everywhere. I like for things to be neat and orderly and put away and in their place. But most hotels have done away with drawers. Can you believe it? The reason why they've done away with drawers is because even in luxury hotels, even in a five-star hotel, they struggle with bed bugs. And bed bugs love to hide out in drawers. Knowing that, it's more important than ever for me to use my travel bags. I use a brand made by eBag, but there's plenty of them on the market. I've seen them on QVC. I've seen tons of them on Amazon. But I want to talk to you about buying the right size. You see, when I first purchased them, I bought a bunch of like big bags that would hold a lot of stuff. And over time, I realized those weren't very helpful to me. What helped me to be really super organized is to pack each event outfit in one individual bag. So I buy these long e-bags they are about the size of a loaf of bread. And you're going to think to yourself, I can't fit anything in that, but you can. And like, that's the beauty of it is these bags. Now, of course, this is for clothing that you're not worried about it getting wrinkled. You know, you're going to iron your stuff anyways, right? I mean, even if you put packed it in a nice, loose, big bag, it's still going to get wrinkled. So what you do with these little bags, picture something about the size of a loaf of bread, this e-bag, and it zips on all three sides of four. It's rectangular. And what I'll do is I shove all of my clothes for that one event into this tiny little bag. And it's very compact. It allows me usually sometimes even to fit in the shoes as well as the accessories, my undergarments, everything in this one little bag. And then I label that bag dinner Friday night. And I label each one of my outfits on the outside of the bag. That way I don't have to unpack everything. I don't have to unpack clothes that I end up don't wearing and I don't have to mix up my dirty clothes with my clean clothes. I also don't have to unpack into their drawers, especially if they don't have them. It just makes things incredibly convenient, and it's so much quicker for you to get ready once you're in a hotel or you're on your trip, according to each bag. So when I'm going to go and take my shower or whatever, I don't have to rummage through my suitcase to figure out what outfit I had wanted to wear at this particular occasion. I just grab the bag that's marked dinner Friday night and jump into the shower and bring that bag in there with me. It's so convenient. I can't even tell you. So I use these little erasable labels and then whatever I write on the label, I can erase it later. And that just goes on the outside of the e-bag. This takes a few extra minutes while you're packing, but for some reason, it's still so much faster than just standing there in your closet trying to figure out what to bring and thinking about all your different options and then throwing it all together in one big bag. So I really like the convenience of these little tiny bags. And again, you can see them on my blog. I'll post some pictures up of it there. They also make packing much more compact. Because you're using these space-saving bags, you don't have to bring as large of a suitcase as you might think, if of course that's your goal. Me personally, I don't believe in that. My husband thinks you should pack in a smaller bag. This is where we can agree to disagree. 
I feel like, what does it matter? You get to take a bag on or if you have to pay for a bag, they don't care what size it is. Why does it have to be small? No one's going to give you an award for packing in a smaller bag. There isn't a competition for who has the smallest bag. Sometimes I think he packs in such a little bag, like just to prove to me that it's possible. I'm like, you're not changing my mind. I'm taking a big bag with big wheels. It's more convenient for me to bring a big suitcase. That way, even if I do have extra space, I might be able to buy something. I might be able to come home with a cute outfit. And if I didn't have the space, I wouldn't be able to do that. So we can agree to disagree on that. In my opinion, a bigger bag with good wheels is the way to go. And I'll put links to the cubes that I use. But again, I don't think the brand matters so much as the size. And I think the temptation for most people is to buy the really big cubes. And I think the smaller ones are the way to go. So that was step six. Step seven is it's time to start packing. And in order to do that, I think the best thing you can do, if possible, is print out your list. Even though it's on your phone, it's much more convenient to have this list on paper in front of you versus having to, you know, put your thumbprint on your phone every couple of minutes, open it up, check it off. I mean, it's good to do, but I just, for me personally, I print out my list and I start packing. I pack according to outfits first. So rather than saying, okay, I need eight pairs of underwear or I need four bras, I will actually go, okay, outfit number one. And I grab all the pieces that I've already written out for that particular outfit. I put it in my little e-bag. I label the top of it and it goes in my suitcase. Then the next outfit, then the next outfit, then the next outfit. And I just go through all the outfits first and label them. From there, I then go through the items on my list that are non-outfit related. So your charger, your laptop, your toiletries, your hair products, etc. And all of those, just to be safe, I also put anything that could explode, anything that's wet, anything that is a liquid or a gel, I put it inside a Ziploc bag. There have been plenty of times where I've made a trip and had nothing explode, but there's been too many occasions where I've had something for some unexplained reason just explode inside my suitcase. So my recommendation is to take anything that's wet, anything that is a liquid, and make sure that you have a Ziploc bag or some type of plastic around it. So in the event it does explode, it doesn't destroy everything in your suitcase. My next tip is to stay under 50 pounds on your bag. While they sell devices that you can hook to your bag and weigh it, or you could just put it on your scale, I think generally speaking, the best way to make sure your bag is under 50 pounds is to not overpack heavy shoes. Like shoes weigh a lot and shoes take up a lot of space. And that's usually what's going to make your bag too heavy. And God bless those of you who can get away with wearing one pair of shoes from start to finish on your vacation. I wish you well. I do not desire to have that skill. I like to have a different pair of shoes pretty much for each outfit, if I so choose. Therefore, that's a lot of weight. I recommend that you take as many shoes as possible and place them in separate bags. Now, definitely use bags because they don't take up as much space. Again, you can use those individual canvas travel bags or maybe the shoes that you bought are so nice that they come with their own bags. Those are nice shoes. And then you put those inside of your carry-on. You also want them inside these bags because if you happen to have to open up your carry-on, you don't want your shoes to fall out everywhere. And I'm also going to have you put your food for the travel day inside your carry-on. I mean, not just open, but it's just nice to have everything in individual bags. Your shoes are heavy, and if, especially if you have boots. So put those in your carry-on so that it doesn't count against the weight of your checked-in luggage. 
My next tip pertains to comfort. Bring your pillow. Now, if you've been a fan of mine for any length of time, you know that I'm in love with the My Pillow. That's actually the name of it. It's called My Pillow. And you would think that I was a rep for them or that I was like sponsored by My Pillow because I freaking love this pillow. But okay, side note, if you happen to buy one, you definitely have to read the instructions because if you don't read the instructions, you're going to hate the pillow. But if you read the instructions, this is going to be your ultimate best friend. I have a travel version of the My Pillow. That gets packed in one of my e-bags. You can squish it down really, really small, really, really tight. You put it in one of the tiny little e-bags and it doesn't take up that much space. But it will make travel and sleeping just that much better. You can't bring your mattress. You might as well bring the one thing that affects your sleep the most, and that is your pillow. Now, what we're going to do with your pillow case is my next tip. This one's for the ladies. Over the years, I have purchased from QVC and HSN and every other place you can imagine just about any gadget you can think of for transporting, carrying, containing your accessories, especially necklaces. So I bought like the hanging organizer with snaps and the little styrofoam cases. I bought it all. But it wasn't until a trip with Tiffany Lee Bymaster, many of you know her as Coach Glitter, where I learned her secret, which I am now going to pass along to you. I've tweaked it just a little bit, and I think you're going to love this. I take my satin pillowcase, which is what we want to use so that we don't get wrinkles on our face. I take my satin pillowcase off of my pillow. My pillow goes in my e-bag. My pillowcase, I lay it out flat. Are you ready for this? Then I take each one of my individual necklaces, many of which at the moment happen to be like those skinny, you know, very fine wire or fine chain necklaces, and they all get tangled so easily. You lay them all out perfectly straight as much as possible along the pillowcase, right? So picture them laying about an inch or two apart on this pillowcase. And if the necklace is so long that it extends beyond the length of the pillowcase, the width of the pillowcase, then what you want to do is just fold it in half on top of itself. But each one of the necklaces you want to have about an inch or two apart, depending on how many you're bringing, right? And then you simply, like a burrito, slowly roll from one end to the other, roll the necklaces up, keep rolling, 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 rolling. I'll show you a picture of this on my blog until you reach the final end of it. Then I fold it in half and I put a rubber band around that pillowcase. Now my necklaces, when I arrive at the hotel, I just lay them out on top of a towel. I literally will flip this over on top of a towel and that allows me to now use my own pillowcase. So I don't have to use one from the hotel and I'm also sleeping on my own pillow. I know many of you travel with your own sheets and I think that's awesome. I probably would too if I had that much extra room, but I don't. I think at a minimum, we should all be traveling with our own pillow and our own pillowcase. Okay, thus far, we've really talked about the planning and packing stages. So all the things that we need to do to make it easier for us to pack, more convenient once we're at our hotel. Let's talk about some things that help you to better enjoy your stay and to feel your best, be your most productive, and to come home healthy. I could probably devote a whole nother podcast to this topic. So let me just give you some quick tips. Number one, if at all possible, wake up early and exercise before your flight. This is a game changer. You're going to be sitting sometimes for hours, which is the absolute worst anatomical position your body can be in. 
Our bodies don't like to sit. I don't know who invented the chair, but it's like the worst possible position to be in for your circulation, for your back, for your knees, for swelling, everything. It's just digestion. Our bodies don't like to be in this position for prolonged periods of time. Therefore, you want to get your blood pumping early in the day, get your joints lubricated, get things moving, as they say. Not only will that help you feel better, but you're also going to be less bloated, less likely to eat junky travel food that's convenient, and you'll just generally feel better about yourself. Like we feel better about ourselves when we exercise. However, there are also times when, you know, you've got to get up at four to catch your flight and I'm not going to expect you to get up at three to fit in a workout. That's just silly. But we can't dismiss the fact that air travel is really bad for circulation, especially for anyone who happens to have any type of circulation problems. But it's in general, it's not good for any of us. And yes, I do want you to get up and move around and try to get up from your seat as much as possible. But, you know, let's think about it. If, if everybody was doing that, First of all, the flight attendants would have a pretty tough time trying to keep everyone organized. Number one. Number two, it's inconvenient to the person you're sitting next to. So yeah, I want you to get up from time to time. But you know, you can't do enough on a flight to do much for your circulation other than to stand up and get some blood pumping. But you are at greater risk for complications such as blood clots, deep vein thrombosis, and other complications that are made worse when we have limited circulation and we're traveling. So what I want you to do is schedule on your itinerary a 30-minute block of time after you land and once you've settled in your hotel or wherever it is you're staying to go out and take a power walk, even if it's just around the neighborhood. This is a great way to get blood pumping, to take in the air, the smells, the sound, the environment, the city, the neighborhood, wherever it is you're staying, and I promise you're going to feel so much better. You'll likely get a better night's sleep, and you're much less likely to have any of the risks associated with poor circulation. For Brett and I, when we travel, we try to find a local gym or a boutique-type studio where we can get in a class within about 45 minutes to an hour after we land. What that does is it kind of forces us to do it, right? Like we've already prepaid for the class. We've already yelped directions to it. We're also excited about it. It's fun for us to try a new workout or try a new gym in a different city. And, and that's fun, and we look forward to it. Because let's face it, once you get to your hotel, you're tired. You know, I don't know why it wipes us out to be sitting all day, but it does. And our natural tendency for all of us is to just throw ourselves on the bed and order room service. But if you can get up and force yourself, discipline yourself to get some type of a workout, even if it's just getting your blood pumping, you're going to feel so much better for it. But that's one of the things aside from circulation, that allows me to feel more normal when I'm traveling is my fitness. That's how I keep my routine. And that's my next tip. Do as much as you can to stay on your current routine. For example, if we're traveling to the East Coast and we live on the West Coast, we actually try to stay on West Coast time, but not exactly. Like we're not fanatical about this. So say at home in California, I normally wake up at six. That means when we're on the East Coast, that's 9 a.m., right? So in order for me to stay on my California time zone, I would have to wake up at 9 a.m. Well, might not be able to sleep in until 9, but I can sleep in a little later, like maybe until 8, simply by staying a little closer to the time zone that I'm going to be returning to 
It's an easier transition to and from when I'm taking a short trip. When I'm taking a long trip, well, then you just eventually have to transition onto that time zone. And we'll save that for another podcast. But other things you can do to stay within your routine are if you exercise every morning, exercise every morning while you're away, while you travel. It's your lifestyle, right? I mean, it's what you should do. If every morning you like to eat a certain type of food, then take steps to find out where you can get that. Don't just rely on room service. Room service takes forever. It's very expensive. And if they mess up your order, forget it. By the time you get it back to the room, it's cold. What I like to do is figure out places locally by using Yelp where I can find really close to what it is I normally eat for each one of my meals. And I'm not at the mercy of room service. Remember, what you put in your body is like medicine. I mean, food is medicine. Food either makes us well or it depletes us of our health. I mean, that's how you have to look at food. So you want to think about your nutrition as being incredibly important. And this isn't a time to let go of the care and thought that you've put into what you put into your body, especially on the travel day. So one thing that Brett and I always do is we pack our own food to get us through the entire travel day. That means breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, even if we are flying first class, even if we like the food that this particular airline serves, we're not going to rely upon that. And I've had many people ask, well, how do you take your food through security? We just do. I mean, of all the times we've traveled, there's only been one time when we had food confiscated. It was Sierra. I brought like this container of hummus. And I'm actually not even sure why it was confiscated. But just as recently as last weekend, I took a pretty sizable container of Greek fat-free yogurt. And I've taken a little container of salad dressing. I've taken on pretty watery consistency of oatmeal for breakfast in the past. So I really think in how you take it through security. So here's what we do. We take it in, you know, those little disposable packs and anything that is food related, I will pull it out of my thermal lunch bag and I'll put it in the scanner separately. Kind of as if you would if you had liquids that were under three ounces. So that's what I do with all my foods. And so far, I have not had any problems whatsoever. Now, in order to keep your food fresh, what I recommend you do is you pack everything that's kind of wet or could make your lettuce or whatever soggy separate from your dry ingredients. That might seem like common sense, but you don't always get to eat your food as quickly as you'd like to. And that's number one. And number two is I use a thermal lunch bag. Now, I don't bring a ton of food. I try to bring things that are easy and small and don't take up a lot of space. So for example, I'll bring my protein powder so I can shake up my own shake once I'm on the flight. I'll bring an empty water bottle so that I can do that easily on the flight without having to transport liquid, because obviously you can't. I will bring usually a salad, and then I'll have some type of protein separate from that. And just because it's very convenient, although I'm not a big fan of protein bars in general, I, I think you should get your food from unprocessed whole foods. I'll definitely bring a protein bar in the event of an emergency, raw almonds, Greek yogurt, turkey jerky, fresh vegetables as a snack, as well as berries. And I've never had a problem getting any of those things through security. Knock on wood, hopefully you won't. And I know every airline is a little different, but I think you're better off taking the risk of having those things confiscated than you are risking eating the food that they serve in the airports or on the plane. 
when you check into your hotel, assuming you're not staying at a residence, always ask to have a fridge sent to your room. Now, sometimes they'll charge you an extra $25 for that refrigerator. Many times, however, they will not charge you for the fridge if you're using the fridge to keep your medication refrigerated, which technically, if you're keeping your food refrigerated and your food is medication, I mean, technically, it's a technicality, right? This is important because, again, you can't be at the mercy of room service. It's expensive. It's very rarely prepared the way you've asked it to be prepared, and it's hard to eat healthy when you travel. With a refrigerator, a mini fridge, in your room, now you can pick up healthy salads or fruits and vegetables at a local market or have them made up at a a local healthy restaurant and then keep them in your room just as you would at home. I mean, this is one of the best ways to stay on track, stay on track with your nutrition, stay on track with your health. I mean, one of the reasons why we feel so gross after traveling is, isn't is just because we've been on a long flight. It's also because you've been putting things in your body prepared in such a way that you don't normally prepare them, foods that you don't normally eat in volumes that you don't normally eat at. So as, as much as you can stay on routine, the more likely you are to feel good and stay healthy while you travel. My last and final tip is really directed to those of you who have to do some online work. Like maybe you own your own business or you're building your own brand. And even when you travel, there's a certain amount of things you have to do online. And this tip is for you. It's really important, especially if your travel is for leisure, for fun. It would be great to take 10 days off or five days off, whatever it is that your vacation is for. But most of us find that if we truly take that time off completely and like never go online, the stress that you feel knowing what could be happening and what might be happening and all the things you have to get to once you're done can actually make your vacation more stressful than being home. So I always suggest to people, rather than you know forcing yourself to go completely off grid, give yourself some boundaries and then let everybody else around you know what those are. Hey guys, so every day for about an hour, as long as I can just check in online, check my emails real quick and a few social media sites and get off, I can enjoy the rest of the day. And that's really important to me because I don't want to have to be worrying about how the business is doing or if we're going to make our quotas this month. And by doing that, a couple of things happen. Number one, you've established boundaries, not just for you, but for everybody else too. I know what it's like to, you know, be the person who everyone's giving a hard time. Like, oh, you're going back on your, you're on vacation. Can't you relax? It's like, well, yeah, I can. But the reason why we're able to take this vacation is because of my social media is because of the work I do online. So if I can just have an hour, I can really actually enjoy the other 23 hours of this day. And that's what makes this vacation possible. So I think it's important for you, number one, so that you don't end up spending five hours on your computer, and number two, so that you have the support and understanding and the boundaries that are appropriate for the people that you happen to be with. It's helping everybody understand because they mean well by teasing you about you know having to check your phone or check your accounts, et cetera. It isn't ill-intended. They mean well. They just want you to be able to relax. And by you explaining what it is you need to do, you'll help them understand how it is you're able to relax by just checking in a little bit each day. Set specific times that your team or 
the people that you work with, or even the people who follow you on social media, set specific times so that those who know you're on vacation or are away know that that's the only time you're going to be checking your emails or that's the only time you'll be going online. And that will also alleviate a lot of the stress that you feel when you're away, yet still feeling the pressure that everyone expects you to reply immediately. No one deserves to have your undivided attention. You should not be responding to people on demand. Set up those boundaries, stick to them, adhere to them so that you can truly enjoy your vacation. I hope that these tips have been incredibly helpful to you. I think it's really going to make a lot more sense if you can see the photos that we've put together on the blog. Again, that's shaleenjohnson.com forward slash travel tips. And I would love for you to comment under that blog, especially if you've got one that I didn't know about or a little gadget that you could share with everyone else or some other tip that makes traveling more convenient, less disruptive, and far less stressful for you. That's what we do here. We share our answers. We are a community. We help each other. We are positive. We support each other. And most of all, we want to be healthy, happy, and live a smart life. It is such a pleasure to be able to share these things with you guys. And thank you for encouraging me to do this podcast. I got tons of comments on my Snapchat and on my Instagram. If you want to follow me on Snapchat, by the way, that is Shalene Official. Of course, Instagram, I am Shalene Johnson. But I'm just happy to have you here on my podcast. So thank you because everybody knows you are the bomb.com and I love you. Talk to you next time. This episode has been sponsored by CourageousConfidenceClub.com. It's a club that I've created specifically to help people who struggle with confidence and insecurities and social settings and, and just standing up for themselves, being yourself and feeling good about it. All of us could benefit from having more confidence. I'd love for you to just experience a taste of it. So please be my guest by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips. Now, if you don't feel like writing that web address down or remembering to go there later, all you have to do is while you're listening from your phone, send me a text message. The number is 949-565-4337. And that is for U.S. residents. Then just send me the word confidence and I will send you access to this video. This video will help you to eliminate self-doubt and just feel more confident in any situation, whether it's work or personal or just your social interactions. Every one of us can benefit from having more confidence. There you'll submit your email address and I will immediately send to your inbox my latest training video where I teach you step-by-step how to feel more confident in just about any social setting. I think you'll find this incredibly useful, whether it's business or personal or just in your everyday interactions. Confidence is something that makes life easier. It helps you to raise more confident, self-efficient children. It allows us to speak our mind, to stand up for ourselves, to do the things that otherwise we are paralyzed by fear and we just allow our own thoughts to stop us. By learning how to overcome self-doubt and fear of success, you can become that confident person that others are attracted to. The person you want to be, the person you deserve to be, the person you know is inside of you. So thank you for checking out my free tools by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips.